0: I'm Ray Vaughn and once again filling in for Senator Nina Turner after taking a moment to jam out to that wonderful intro for the show by far my favorite one. So I love them all, but this was just so much fun. I always always find myself feeling the song as we're getting ready to do the show. Um, But speaking of the show, I wanna remind you all, don't forget to subscribe, share the stream, share it with your friends, share it with your frenemies. And send some love in the comments. Also, don't forget to share the stream with your mom who spends way too much time on Facebook, who maybe needs to hear this kind of news and not what she's hearing over there or your grandma or your weird aunt, send it to her too. Try to get some diversity in the content she's consuming. And speaking of that, we've got lots of good stories today. We're going to talk about some horrific actions by the police here in Chicago and the way that the media is helping sort of cover up what they're doing even while they're reporting it. So that'll be interesting to talk about. We're gonna talk about how Marjorie Taylor Greene is somehow not far right enough for the House Freedom Caucus. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about Elon Musk you know, crying a little bit about uh, Mark Zuckerberg's new threads. And joining me to discuss all of this and more today is Mayor Mondale Robinson. Who's also on top of that, a Rebel HQ contributor. Mayor, thank you so much for joining us back to back episodes.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, it's super, we like family now.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two shows in a row. <laughs> okay, let's start with some, I'm, and I gotta give a trigger warning before we get into this first story. Marjorie Taylor Greene news, because before the 4th of July holiday, the House Freedom Caucus set off some fireworks of their own. Now, let's take a look. This just into CNN a member of the executive
2: board for the House Freedom Caucus just told CNN that the far right group voted to remove Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene just before the July 4th break.
3: Been frustration bubbling up inside the Freedom Caucus over the last few months and really it boils down to the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene has become one of the biggest allies of Republican leadership. She publicly criticized some of her Freedom Caucus colleagues for supporting for not supporting Kevin McCarthy for Speaker during his speaker's battle. And then the real straw that broke the camel's back, according to Congressman Andy Harris, he's a member of the Freedom Caucus, was that the last week before recess, there was a dust up on the floor, a confrontation between Green and another member of the Freedom Caucus, where Green admitted that she called Lauren Bobert a little B word.
0: Yeah, she called her a little bitch. And we're going to talk more about that <laughs> little Bobert a little bit later. Um, But before we go any further, Marjorie Taylor Feet posted this, sorry Marjorie Taylor Green. I can't get the image of her disgusting feet on the beach out of my head anytime I talk about her. Um, But she posted this video on uh, her Twitter account yesterday with the caption, avoiding distractions is the key to staying focused. So check this out. Why is she always posting her feet? Jesus, please cover those up for the sake of humanity, cover up those feet. But apparently, I mean, and this is a woman who knows how to be in office and do no work. I mean, we all remember that she was stripped of all of her committee assignments while the Democrats had control of the house. Now she's being kicked off of a caucus. This is somebody who loves to run her mouth and hates to do her job. Which maybe is the best situation for us because I really don't want her doing any legislating. Um, but she seems really unfazed by her this new development with the House Freedom Caucus, but as CNN reported, it all stems from this exchange with Lauren Boebert. You can see them here yelling at one another. This is the infamous exchange in which at one point Marjorie Taylor Greene refers to Lauren Boebert as a little bitch. Something that Marjorie Taylor Greene was very thrilled to confirm to multiple media outlets after the fact. Although Lauren Boebert stayed somewhat moderately professional about it, saying she didn't want to discuss the incident. But again, there is a little bit of irony here um, because Lauren Boebert actually didn't want Marjorie Taylor Greene to be kicked out of the caucus. Daily Beast reported on this, and they wrote that Green's biggest personal foe in the House Freedom Caucus, Bobert, was far from the most enthusiastic to push her out. During internal deliberations almost two weeks ago, which occurred after Green confirmed to multiple publications she did indeed call Bobert a little bitch, Bobert agreed with another member who argued against removing Green out of respect for her right to freedom of speech. Now, Bobert said that while she defended Marjorie Taylor Green's freedom of speech it did not have an impact on her vote. The comments that Marjorie and I shared with one another had absolutely no influence on my vote. Now, a spokesperson did release a statement on behalf of Marjorie Taylor Greene, and this is what it said. In Congress, I served Northwest Georgia first and I served no other group in Washington. I will work with anyone who wants to secure our border, protect our children inside the womb and after they are born. And the forever foreign wars and do the work to save this country. The GOP has less than two years to show America what a strong unified Republican led Congress will do when President Trump wins the White House in 2024. This is my focus, nothing else. And I think that writer Michael Harriet summed it up best with this tweet. It says, Marjorie Taylor Greene getting expelled from the Freedom Caucus for calling Lauren Boebert a little bitch is like getting kicked out of the Klan for using the N-word. during a cross burning. But Mayor, just to that point, we know that that's really not why she's getting kicked out of the Freedom Caucus, right? She's being kicked out of the Freedom Caucus because she's got close ties to Kevin McCarthy and the Freedom Caucus doesn't like that as a lot of their members rallied against Kevin McCarthy. So it's, it's interesting to see that, I mean, of course, a huge part of that is Marjorie Taylor Greene's ability to fundraise. The Republican establishment likes that so much. But it's this idea that there's factions within the Republican Party based on ideology when that's not true at all, because Marjorie Taylor Greene is about as far right as it can be. And I think some have tried to portray Kevin McCarthy as less than that, but they're best friends now. So it's not even an ideological split that we're seeing
3: here.
1: Yeah, and I also think, listen, we should we should be extremely, you know, clear about what you say. This is not an this is not that she's not far right. This is this is all about the politics right now, what's at stake? Also, I think people are seeing her prepare herself for something higher than where she is right now. And I think people may have a problem with that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: her positioning herself to move into leadership or even like she thinks Donald Trump administration, right? And I think people wanted to, to, to bring that down and had very little. Very little to do with what she said to Boebert because we know this is the party that says a lot of things that are disgusting about a lot of people, LGBTQI folk, Black folk, anybody that is not white basically gets smashed by the Republican Party and can get it at any given day. Here's what I here's what's going to be interesting though, for the Freedom Caucus, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the largest fundraiser for mm. their pack, for their pack. So does she take her money with her, or do they really kick her out? And I know people are talking about maybe there wasn't a quorum um, in the vote. Some people said that it was kind of messy. They didn't have the agenda before they got there. They didn't know what it was about, so they didn't show up. So we're going to find out after this recess what's really going on with this expulsion and if it's going to stick. But I do know that Republicans love money like the rest of us love our kids. So they might not be done with Marjorie Taylor Greene yet.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a really good point because still a member of the House Freedom Caucus is Lauren Boebert, who by the skin of her teeth won her last election. And the Democratic Party has been, and they didn't see that as a potential victory for them. So they've already started their fundraising efforts to oust her in the next election cycle. And honestly, the odds of that happening are pretty high. So it's it's strange to see them sort of hedge their bets behind members of their caucus who aren't particularly as popular as maybe they once were, not as good fundraisers as Marjorie Taylor Greene. So it does sort of seem like they're shooting themselves in the foot in this regard. But hey, That's better for the rest of us. So I'd love to see this sort of division (laughs) damage their ability to earn money. Although it is concerning to see the, the establishment of the Republican Party willing to cozy up next to Marjorie Taylor Greene to get that strong fundraising boost. But we'll keep an eye on that and especially once they come back from this recess, how this really plays out and moving through the upcoming election as well. I think that the mayor's absolutely right that we're gonna see Marjorie Taylor Greene absolutely trying to get a position within the Trump administration that hope I hope to God, I pray to God never happens again. <laughs> But yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. But the other thing we're keeping an eye on right now is this new Twitter clone threads because while everyone is deciding whether they should stay on Twitter or jump over to threads, Twitter has some things to say apparently. So let's take a look at that.
2: Tonight, Twitter is threatening to sue hours after rival app Threads made its first move to sew up the competition. Today, the app's founder Mark Zuckerberg boasting 30 million signups and counting. Less than 24 hours after its surprise launch Wednesday evening, Twitter's lawyer demanding Threads owner Meta stop using any Twitter trade secrets. Today, Elon Musk tweeting: "Competition is fine. Cheating is not." <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, cheating is not, I don't, you wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for cheating. You literally lied about having degrees so that you could get positions that you could not otherwise have attained. I mean, come on, what is cheating if not your company? It's competition, you wanna brag about competition? Almost all of your businesses are completely funded and supported by government subsidies. And without those subsidies, you wouldn't have those businesses anymore because they would have failed. So that aside, come on now, get a grip. Let's get this cage match happening though, because I want to see these two billionaires beat the other <laughs> ever living crap out of one another. But let's get into some more details on why Elon and Twitter are now throwing this big hissy fit, according to CNN. On Wednesday, an attorney representing Twitter sent Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg a letter accused the company of trade secret theft through the hiring of former Twitter employees. <laughs> Here is the opening part of that letter written by Alex Spiro. It says, I write on behalf of X Corp as successor in interest to Twitter, which was a dumb move and big waste of money to change the name anyway. Based on recent reports regarding your recent launch threads app, Twitter has serious concerns that meta platforms, Has engaged in systemic, willful, and unlawful misappropriations of Twitter's trade secrets and other intellectual property. Now, there's some more on this, but first I just want to say, you know, Mayor, this is they're upset that they fired almost all of Twitter's workforce and that those workers got a job in the same tech industry, the same field, which was of course gonna happen. So my thought is, why didn't you just include a non-compete clause in these workers you know <laughs> contracts? I mean, you wouldn't have to worry about this. I think it really shows a lack of, of any sort of foundation to what's going on over at Twitter. I mean, it just
1: speaks to the lack of brilliance that everybody wants to bestow upon Elon Musk, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, you said something that was powerful and resonates with me so much. When you said that without cheating, he doesn't exist. We're talking about a man who didn't create anything and he just keeps stealing from people, keep using business tactics to force out creators, right? You did this with Twitter, you did this with Tesla, you did this with everything that you own, basically. You use your dad's Cheating and stealing of diamonds and emeralds from mines in South Africa to come do that here. So this idea that cheating is a problem. Furthermore, what you think you're going to do? What's going to happen when you fire all of your development engineers, when you let go entire departments? They're going to get jobs with your competition. And they're going to compete with you. Mm -hmm. That's something that you're like, I mean, the the idea, the reason we know that the real reason this lawsuit is happening is because how fast threads took off. And not because of the technology still, because if they really were concerned, they would have been sued Donald Trump or sent a letter to him for truth social, a cease and desist where it looks just like a red version of Twitter. So this is not, it's about this about the thought of losing business and this idea that I am a billionaire that own these people and this type of technology. Therefore, you should not be competing in my lane because I am the great I am.
0: That is such a fantastic point because at the top of the show yesterday we covered the unveiling of threads. And I can't remember exactly, but I think it was something like 130 million signups for threads on day one, on day one. So of course, they're seeing the success, this immediate sort of success that um, otherwise, they, again, you make bring up a great example with <laughs> truth social that no one cares about. So of course they didn't bring that same sort of lawsuit and just to the before we touch on some more of the facts of the situation, just to touch on the idea of Elon Musk being a cheater and that's how he's accumulated everything that he has in this world. That's how his father accumulated everything that he had in this world. Um, I saw a meme on Twitter today that was someone looking over like it was two students. One was copying another one's test and the one student. Who was cheating was labeled Mark Zuckerberg, and the other student was Elon Musk. And it just took me aback. Like, you know, Elon didn't invent Twitter, right? He has not done anything but damage that website. So the idea that he's stealing anything from Elon is ridiculous. He just bought it, he didn't make it. But, you know, that's the level of intelligence I expect out of Elon Musk fanboys. But, you know, he's really, we've really seen him. Focus on his beef with Zuckerberg as opposed to some other social media counterparts. CNN reported on this and they wrote that in the months since Musk acquired Twitter for $44 billion, the social network has been challenged by a growing number of smaller microblogging platforms, such as the decentralized social network Mastodon and Blue Sky, an alternative backed by former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. But Twitter has not threatened either with litigation, so just tap add those on to the previous example of Truth Social. But if Elon is worried about threads picking up former Twitter employees, maybe he shouldn't have fired them. He said he cut 80% of the staff. I mean, what again, the point I made, the point the mayor made, what did you think was going to happen? They work in this field, this is the field they have experience in. This is the field where they can get jobs and other. Tech companies, other social media companies are making more hires instead of cutting staff. So naturally, they're gonna go to those companies. And if you weren't smart enough to put a do not compete clause <laughs> in whatever severance package you offered them, then of course they're going to go. And I can't imagine they had the foresight to do that because he fired them all via mass email. So. As this tech board continues, let's listen to what Fox and friends had to say because we could all use a laugh.
2: I say if there's no Twitter files, there's no threads. Threads is there to neutralize Twitter. And I don't care who you like. If you like the opportunity to have a free and fair election, you should be pulling for Twitter.
3: Musk comes along, exposes it all to your point. He is an existential threat to the left's model to win elections, which is bury anything bad about the left, about Joe Biden, and promote anything false and fake about Trump as we saw in 2016. That's why Ellen DeGeneres, Bill Gates, Shakira, Oprah Winfrey, all join threads,
2: right. there's your leftist. Elon Musk is not a conservative, you're absolutely right, because yesterday his Tesla pledged to honor China's core socialist values. He's not a conservative, he has said on Twitter that he's a socialist. Right, oh, but yeah. he's not demanding his users be socialists. we could actually find out. I am convinced that if the FBI is calling up Twitter, telling them to take certain things down, we'll find out about it.
0: All right, first, just as a personal aside, someone who I follow on Twitter was banned today for asking someone if they were white. So let's just erase the narrative that Elon Musk is allowing any sort of free speech on the platform. Um it starts out, Mayor, so I don't know why he thinks the Twitter files has anything to do with this. And also trying to frame Mark Zuckerberg as a leftist, someone who has regular dinners with Ben Shapiro, who is a top earner on that platform, is so, so unhinged.
1: Also, you can't be a leftist not supporting workers, right? Like the right. fact that he named everybody he named was super rich, not leftist at all. Like the people that he named as leftists, did he not did he not know about you, Ray? Did he not know about me? <laughs> I mean, I, I I know some fake Ray join uh, threads, but a real me joined thread. So <laughs> I'm 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 super disgusted with this idea that you call Oprah a leftist. Um <laughs> and then Zuckerberg? Let's get serious. Here's what's happening here. These people have no common sense. They're not in tune to what's really going on, not just on social media, but in the real world. There's they live in this echo chamber where they can just spew anything not grounded in facts. And people just eat it up. Fox News. I seen a study a couple of days ago that said Fox News viewers get 70% of their news for Fox and nowhere else. And I think that is scary to me. These people are listening to this this mess and running with it. How did Elon Musk become the darling, the darling of Fox? Of course, he's not a socialist. People can say that. He can say it all he wants to. He's not a socialist. But even still, if you self-describe as a socialist, how are you capitalist-loving? You know, conservatives all about Elon Musk. It's not about that. It's about him bringing Donald Trump back to the platform and they love that
0: idea. Right, and then Donald Trump <laughs> being the petty, petty individual he is. Refusing to use Twitter just to spite Elon Musk. It is really concerning though that stat that 70% of them are getting their news strictly from Fox and nowhere else. But I'm glad that we have an audience here who's getting their news on Unbossed in our other shows where hopefully they're getting some actual facts like the ones that we're giving to you now. And the ones that we're gonna give to you right after this break, so stick around. Welcome back to Unbossed. First, as always, I wanna say a big thank you to the mods for TYT. who Keep the chat clean, safe and fun, especially cuz I got the other chat open on my other screen, the Twitch chat. So I'm seeing the mods do work in real time and I'm loving that. So thank you for all the work that you folks are doing. Um, And they're definitely supporting the network. And another way you can support the network is through membership. And like the mainstream media, we don't push establishment propaganda for greedy corporations, billionaires or for corrupt politicians. So the members all help us fight for a future where the media doesn't do the establishment's bidding. One way to sign up is through an annual membership at $49.99 a year. Your contribution keeps us independent and follows uh, allows us to continue reporting the facts. Corporate media doesn't tell you or doesn't want you to know to so support our work at tyt.com slash join. Another way to support us is to subscribe for to TYT's weekday morning newsletter, the progress report. Every morning we give you the best progressive news, analysis and reporting, so scan that QR code or go to tyt.com newsletter to sign up. I also wanna remind everybody to join Dr. Ritchie on Sundays on Sirius XM channel 126 for the Dr. Rashad Ritchie review. Check it out on Sirius XM Urban View, Sundays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Lastly, I'm gonna remind you all once again to check out this show as a podcast, and do it on Apple Podcasts as long as you're there. Search up Unbossed with Dana Turner, click follow, rate us five stars. Please, no less than that. If you're not gonna rate us five stars, don't rate us. I'm just kidding, I'm just messing with you. But let us know what you love about the show. And speaking of what you love about the show, let's get into some of your comments. Over on Twitch, Drinker Dragon says, "The People's Mayor." I'm glad they pulled that comment because I saw it on my other screen and I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to tell you about it. <laughs> um, they also said Ray, which thank you. Uh, up in Adams, I like that name a lot. Up in Adams <laughs> says so Marjorie Taylor Feet. I can't believe in that video she was she was shoeless again. Of course, that woman can't keep a pair of shoes on her disgusting feet. There was an episode a couple weeks ago of the main show where I pulled up a picture of Marjorie Taylor Greene's feet and we just got off on such a tangent trying to figure out how if she had the correct number of toes or not. <laughs> and so we found like a PolitiFact fact check that's confirmed she has all of her toes. <laughs> you wouldn't know looking at them. Okay, Robin's egg says I love it when they eat their own about Marjorie Taylor Greene getting kicked out of the the <laughs> freedom. <'em. laughs> I had to make the joke, it was right there. The Freedom Caucus, yeah, um, it's great to see them fighting each other. I'd rather see them fight each other than fight us or us fight each other. So as long as they, I'd like to see themselves to stroke from the inside a little bit. Um, Teddy Bear, thank you so much for subbing for 29 months and saying, "Oh no, not the Freedom Caucus having an issue with merges <laughs> free speech here for it. And Paper Dragon says billionaires are 100% ego and will shape the world how they want it to be with money. Politics don't work for them, how it works for us, could not have said it better myself. Over on YouTube and you super chat, Joni King says, great afternoon and happy Friday, Rayvana and Mayor Mondale Robinson. Well, thank you and happy Friday to you as well, the artist. Thank you for giving me some love. And then Kinlock K-Town says, loving a ray of sunshine along with the pink shirt. Mayor Mondale is rocking, highlighting that gray in your beard. Um, and then lastly on the member section, Sock says maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene stepped on some firecrackers this fourth and it fixed her feet. <sighs> oh, That's so evil, that's so evil, but honestly, they couldn't get any worse than they are now. Crystal Braden says she's just gearing up to launch her feet fix only fans, right? She has to do something once she gets loved out of every government position. I think she could be doing a lot less harm by posting feet pics on OnlyFans than by working in our federal government or any any other (laughs) position of power. I would love if that was true. (laughs) And if someone's willing to pay to see those things, God bless them, (laughs) But (laughs) but not me. Okay, speaking of people who shouldn't hold positions of power in our government, let's get into this next story. Because Robert F Kennedy Jr is a lunatic and that's not stopping him from running for president. We have seen many a lunatic run for president and be president (laughs) even in our recent history. But RFK Jr announced in April that he's going to seek the Democratic presidential nomination. He is an environmental lawyer. But also a leading vaccine skeptic and purveyor of conspiracy theories. Now let's talk about some of the conspiracy theories that Kennedy has peddled. From the New York Times, falsely linked vaccines to various medical conditions, claims about a connection between gender dysphoria and chemical exposure. Falsely linked antidepressants to school shootings. Bolstered a conspiracy theory that the CIA assassinated his uncle. That one might be true, I'll give him that one. (laughs) Said that Republicans stole the 2004 presidential election, which that last one. The first time I read this, it really gave me some pause because you could make a very good argument that Republicans stole the 2000 presidential election. I would make that argument all day every day. Why would you pick 2004? <laughs> I could only—I mean, I—I I don't understand why you would be arguing that when there's a great example of literal election theft happening, Bush v. Gore. But I digress. More about Kennedy. He's also suggested that 5G high-speed internet towers are being used to harvest our data and control our behavior. He's claimed that cell phones cause ear cancer. Now. The New York mag recently did a write up that is phenomenal and I urge everyone to read it in full on how rfk jr posed as a populist outsider and is then jolted the democratic party. Now it's wild some of the things he believes, but don't worry if you're having trouble following along because he also wrote a book about it all. It's called the real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, big pharma and the global war on democracy and public health, Robert F Kennedy Jr. Now his vilification of Fauci as a fascist in this novel sold more than 1 million copies. Now I'm hoping that part of this is the same way that right wingers get to the New York Times bestseller list by you know, having shell corps buy up large amounts of their own book. But I hope a million people didn't read that, <laughs> but you never know. And given the state of politics in this country, it might not even surprise me if there were. But yeah, so apparently he has some major beef with Dr. Fauci, which is one of the things that New York Magazine covered in their write up. Our RFK, an environmental lawyer who has spent the past two decades ever more beholden to repeatedly disproved arguments about a link between vaccines and autism jumped thirstily into the COVID fray, becoming a vocal critic of almost every government funded or endorsed COVID mitigation approach from masking to social distancing to vaccine development and mandates his chosen nemesis was Fauci. Now, he has some pretty wacky supporters. Um, Fortunately, he's not polling very high. You can see Democratic primary preference here. He's above Marianne Williamson, probably by name recognition alone, but significantly below. Joe Biden. That's with Democratic voters. But I do want to point out that TYT was at a Trump rally in Pickens, North Carolina last week, and they asked Republicans who is one Democrat they would vote for. So let's watch that.
3: RFK Jr., you had an immediate reaction to Love the Kennedys. Love the Kennedys. If they if they were the main ones were still alive today, I think they'd be conservatives just the way that they had done things. But you know what would be the best thing for Trump or DeSantis or whoever wins the Republican Party? Take Kennedy as his vice president. Yep. This way it will unite us. Unite us and give us balance. Right. And we need balance. balance. This 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 is crazy. Kennedy is a, good guy. Kennedy is a wonderful, wonderful man. Wonderful. If Kennedy were the Democratic nominee, would you think about voting for him for president? Yes. Pres- yes. Mm-hmm. Would you? Yes.
0: Now, Mayor, the claiming that the Kennedys would be conservative today, I mean, I was just watching your reaction and i it's a, such an absurd and, and horrifically disgusting claim.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm just back at this point that the Republican Party specifically the MAGA Republicans don't have a platform that they care about other than whiteness. Like you can't say that the Kennedys both who were killed for being progressives one for not wanting to go to war, right? And another for let's just say, I don't know his stance on black people being equal. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure what what conservative policy the Kennedys would be supporting right now. Anti-immigration, anti-women's right to choose. Yeah, that sounds just like the Kennedys' platform, except <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, I, I think Robert Kennedy found an old batch of his granddad or great-granddad's uh, moonshine, and has been sipping it. Because I don't know where this brother is at with his thinking. This idea. That you can name yourself. This is a dino This I ain't seen a dino in a long time, but this is a Democratic name only. Like this is this is a Republican by any sense. And this idea that he was gonna, or he's gonna primary the Democratic candidate for president is absolutely disgusting. To see some of the stuff his brother's saying, to make these attacks uh on Dr. Fauci, um, these Republican talking points that apparently he agreed and believes in, because, like you said, for the better part of two decades, he's been trying to link autism, even though science won't help him do that to vaccinations. And I think the scary part is, the reason these people love him and think of the main Kennedys, the main Kennedys, as if the other Kennedys, the ones that are living right now, don't matter there. These are sub people, right? They're not main Kennedys. So the, the, the idea that Republicans can like this is because he's saying the same ridiculous stuff that they're hearing on Fox News.
0: Exactly, and just to that point, I made a Rebel HQ video about an interview he did like last week. So if anyone wants to see that in full, you can check it out. But he was in and doing a town hall and he was asked, will you support the Democratic candidate who is nominated at the convention in the general election? He refused to do it. And typically I would say, I don't think we need our candidates making these sorts of promises. But with him, I took a different stance because i want him to know that he will not be supporting a Republican. Can you can you guarantee that you will not endorse a Republican candidate for president? Because you know you've got you've galvanized this group of not jobs who also don't know anything about science and how vaccines work, and you know a good portion of them are all Republicans. We saw there Republicans supporting him. We've seen <laughs> Joe Rogan supporting him. The people of that ilk supporting him. Um, Horrible people from the Trump administration supporting him and talking about how intelligent he is. Donald Trump himself praised him. So I want to know that you're not going to endorse a, <laughs> a Republican candidate for president. And Mayor, I'll let you get the last word in on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean he's not going to do that because it's absolutely his plan. This, <laughs> is a, this is a this is a this is a smooth technique to you know make yourself get a, a show on Fox. Or a part, and part playing role in Donald Trump's administration. This is absolutely not a Democrat by no standards. We are a big tent party. I understand there are some Democrats who are establishment. There are some Democrats. There are no Democrats out here screaming about the the ineffectiveness, the effectiveness of the COVID vaccination. Not on a mainstream level. Not someone running for president. This is this is not a person. The Democratic Party should be taking serious or even inviting to any of our events.
0: Absolutely, I could not agree more. Now we've covered some uh, some American politics, but let's all turn our attention now to what's going on uh, in France. Because the people of France have been protesting for days after a 17 year old black child was murdered at a traffic stop. Now the country has been reeling from this recent killing. Let's pull up this headline from the Guardian. The killing of Nahel in a week of grief and fury in France. Now they reported that 17 year old Nahel Was driving through Paris when he was pulled over for a traffic stop. Two officers stood on either side of his car as they questioned him. Then his car lurched forward and he was shot dead. The killing of Nahel, who was of Algerian and Moroccan descent caused uproar in the capital. It was the 13th death during a uh, traffic stop at France that year. And most of the dead were black or of Arab origin. Also just to add some more context to that, uh, it's been reported that they were telling him that they were going to shoot him dead like an animal during that traffic stop. So, it, you know, just to show that they, these officers, knew what they were doing. They were being vociferously racist towards this individual, and they murdered him. They murdered that boy, and that it wasn't fear for their lives. This was a gross, disgusting abuse of power. Now, the officer who shot him is in custody currently, but in the days that followed the outrage from this horrific incident has spread to cities across France and even beyond into countries such as Belgium, as well as Switzerland. Now, this killing and so often we find ourselves work in politics, we cover extensively abuse of power and racism, systemic racism within police in America. But of course, it's not limited strictly to America. Now this is shining a light on police brutality and racism, not just in France, but worldwide as well. Now tens of thousands of police have been deployed and more than a thousand people have been arrested to these protests according to NPR. Now, according to them by the numbers, 23,000 fires were lit. 2,000 vehicles were torched, 2,000 public buildings were damaged. 45,000 police officers were destroyed. But none of these numbers really matter (laughs) when black men are being killed by the police for simply existing because buildings can be rebuilt. Cars are insured, you can't get someone's life back, he's dead. And I'm, you know, Mayor, I've seen so much coverage of this like, oh, they're burning down France. They're destroying the country. Look at these people who aren't from here. And, you know, I'm thankful to see so many people pointing out. You know, because most of the protesters are black and a lot of them are African migrants, and people are pointing out rightfully, well, what did France do to Africa? <laughs> the idea that that any damage from these protests could be even remotely comparable to the damage that France has done to Africa is absurd. But the hyper fixation in these stories on what the protesters are doing and not on the murder itself, I think, is is I mean, it just shows how the media is willing to cover up police brutality.
1: Yeah, I think that, and we're reminded every time we see a story like this that you know the suffering of black men, black people, but black men specifically at the hands of police officers does not stop at the geopolitical borders that are dealt of the United States. And we're also reminded, like you said, France is equally evil in its history as it pertains to black people, not just in Africa. We have to think about one of the poorest countries in the world that's 90 miles south of Florida, Haiti, and think about what France did to that country. And when France left African countries, they didn't just leave peacefully, they destroyed people's birth certificates so they wouldn't have them. They destroyed people's social like numbers, names, family documents, burned buildings themselves. So the fact that people are burning buildings because you took a life and you're upset about buildings, property, like you said, that can be replaced. And not the fact that a black life has been lost says a lot about the media that, like you said playing a role in who these people are that are not French that are destroying this country. And I think people also need to understand that French footprint, this francophile idea is far beyond the European borders, far beyond the European borders when you consider how long Colonialism took place and it's taking place. I mean, a lot of these black people that are in France right now, even if they are immigrants, they are French speaking people. Because we supposedly ended slavery in 1800s. But France was still ruling African nations in the 60s. So this, this is not an old adage where people might not remember how racist it was, where you couldn't speak to French people if they were white and you were black in a certain manner. But for you could be killed, then for this young man to be 17 in 2023 and being told on both sides by officers that I'm gonna kill you like an animal. I would have lurched for it too in my car and the fact that he ended up dead says that policing all over this country still needs to be checked.
0: Absolutely, and then just to add on to that, I'll say that these French people who are, are fear mongering about migrants coming to France, uh, from Africa they're silent when those uh, African migrants are coming to play on their soccer teams they're they're real quiet about it then when they're scoring goals for for France and in Ligon they don't have anything to say about it then that's okay but you know if they're making money for our, our biggest uh, uh, football clubs it's okay but you know if, if they want to move here and live here then then that's it's too far now it's an invasion. Um, But similar to what we saw after George Floyd's murder in 2020, this murder has now become sort of a rallying call to end systemic racism in France and in surrounding European countries. And they're clearly fed up with their racist police, as we can see by the outrage in these protests. Um, but now people are even more upset because authorities have banned an annual memorial march for an individual that was killed by police in 2016. That individual was Adama Triore, who's a 24 year old black man who died in police custody. We have a picture of him here from Buzzfeed. Now according to the Guardian, Saturday's March in memory of Adama Triore, who his family alleged was pinned to the ground by officers and died of asphyxiation was banned by the police prefect of Valdeos. The Prefect's office cited potential trouble to public order in the towns of Persan and Barman, Sor Ois. Sorry, I know I'm saying those wrong, which had seen unrest after Nahel's death, including an arson attack on Persian Town Hall. Persian Town Hall, excuse me. Um, and Mayor, I mean, they know (laughs) the outrage that people are feeling now. I can't. You know, imagine the the idiocy going on behind the scenes to say these people are righteously angry, so let's prevent them from from marching in the memory of some another individual who was unjustifiably murdered by our, the organization. I mean, it really is just them trying to assert their power and control over the public. Who's, I mean, well, how else? Do, they're pissed at them, and rightfully so.
1: Yeah, I mean this this too will will go down as one of those markers that didn't have to happen, that that didn't have to escalate a situation that's already heated, right? So this is showing us that officers don't have the capacity to de-escalate situations because the best thing they could have done was allow that protest to go ahead and participate in any manner that they could have by you know being there to secure the streets. But I think this is just this to me is almost antagonizing these people could they come out so that something could happen tragically. And I think this is is a sad situation where we find ourselves in a space where you see officers, like I said, participating in this manner. The mayor, the elected officials in this town all should be called a whole held accountable because no one should be able to stop a memorial for someone's life that was lost unjustly in the manner that this kid was killed, this young man was killed.
0: Absolutely, and we're talking here about police brutality in France. But of course, as we all are you know, all too well aware, it's also happening here at home and specifically here in my city of Chicago. And we need to talk about it because the Chicago police are absolutely disgusting. And so is the Chicago Sun-Times. We've been discussing on the show all day how media covers up the crimes of the police. And it's even in their coverage of the police. They are doing it in their language. Let's take a look at this article that the Chicago Sun-Times put out yesterday evening. Chicago police are investigating if cops had improper sexual contact with immigrants, including allegedly impregnated teen. I have to stop right there. They're being investigated for raping migrants, raping migrants. It's not just improper sexual contact, they raped them, they raped a minor. raped an underage girl and got her pregnant. That's what they're being investigated for. So even in their coverage of this story, they are they are minimizing the horrible crime that's been committed here by framing it that way. Because if the, the language they're using is just to try to cover up the actual horrors of what has happened. These are women coming to the city. They're migrants, a lot of them are unfamiliar with the the layout. They're unfamiliar with the language. The police are supposed to be a group of people that they can trust. And instead, they are raping them. And (laughs) these news outlets are scared to use the word rape. But we all can read between the lines. We all know exactly what that means. And to do it, to cover up the rape of a child, disgusting. It's disgusting. But let's get into some of the details. Of this horrifying, horrifying abuse of power. From that article, as the city has struggled to accommodate an influx of new arrivals being sent from the southern US border, controversy has brewed over the decision to temporarily house many of them at police stations. Hundreds have had to spend nights sleeping on the floors of police stations. Police officials wouldn't say if any of the officers had been stripped of their police powers. So we don't even know if these officers who raped these underage girls, these migrant women, we don't even know if they're still on the force. And because they won't say that they've been stripped of their powers, you know damn well that they're still in the streets of Chicago policing civilians. And if they're willing to rape these migrant women who are literally at the police station, Just imagine what they're doing when they're out on patrol. Imagine what they're doing to people that they have in the back of their squad cars, okay? This is, it's not an an accident that this happened. These these aren't things that happened one time, all right? This is a systemic abuse of power. But let's get the rest of the facts. About 11,000 asylum seekers have come to Chicago since last August. Many were placed on buses or planes and driven to the city at the direction of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Chicago has grappled with finding adequate shelter for the new arrival. So multiple officers are being accused of engaging in raping migrants and immigrants and raping children. This is just disgusting and to tie it all back in mayor to Greg Abbott, busing these migrants to these cities for them to come here and get raped. I mean, at what point do you start? Filing sex trafficking, you know, charges against him—human trafficking charges—because they were brought here to the police station to be held by the police and then raped by the police. In my book, that's sex trafficking. You're a human trafficker, and you—they should be being held accountable as well as the police officers who we know are still on these streets. It's disgusting.
1: At the very least, Greg Abbott seems like he should be charged with endangering minors. Like this is yeah. this reckless behavior to try and embarrass, use these people, human humans as pawns in political arguments is absolutely disgusting. I this story, this story irks my soul. The fact that we are sitting here, 2023, talking about people trying to seek asylum in this country. In the manner that you are supposed to, then being used as political pawns, only to be wind to wind up staying in police stations on the floor to be raped by police officers in the United States of America. If this was happening in any other country, this, this these so-called Christian conservatives would be calling them people animals, animals. But we just call them police officers in this country.
0: And I, you make an excellent point by pointing out that you know the conservatives are always saying, they're always virtue signaling about we want people to come here the right way. These people did and that little girl got raped and impregnated. Those women were raped by the police. They came here the right way and they were, the, they were not perpetrating crime as the Republicans like to say they will. They were the victims of crime when they got here by the people who are supposed to enforce the law. It's disgusting and And the cover up of it as is equally as disgusting. But as long as we're talking about immigration and the process of becoming a US citizen. Let's get into this next story and end on a significantly lighter note. Because GOP primary candidate and eventual big time loser Vivek Ramaswamy has some very stupid thoughts on birthright citizenship. Take a look.
3: Another issue, this is also something that your opponents, Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump have called for, including DeSantis very recently, which is an end to birthright citizenship. What's your position on that? Would you end birthright citizenship?
2: I think for a period of time, I think it's gonna be necessary in this country because we have an influx of migrants across that southern border, 14,000 plus per day by some estimates, crossing that southern border. That is not the rule of law, that is the abandonment of the rule of law.
0: Now, before we dive deeper into Vivek's idiocy, Abby Phillip was quick to point out something critically important to him. Now, watch.
3: Both of your parents are immigrants to the United States, so you would have been a beneficiary. Of birthright citizenship, but you now are saying you would ban that for people coming into the country. And what is the period of time for which that would be the case?
2: For people coming into the country illegally, that's the key distinction.
3: What I'm saying is that birthright citizenship as it is currently in law does not make that distinction between whether that person was born to someone legally or not. So you are saying that even though birthright citizenship for you was something that was in play, you would take it off the table now. And my question is also, how long would that be the case? And also, how would you do it? Would you go to Congress for a constitutional amendment? Well,
2: actually, I've supported the 28th Amendment to the Constitution. I'll actually go one step further on this, Abby, is that I don't think someone just because they're born in this country, even if they're a sixth generation American, should automatically enjoy all the privileges of citizenship until they've actually earned it.
0: I have to stop there because where do you think that these people will be citizens of? They need to be citizens of somewhere. You think that infants should just be countryless? Okay, but anyway, Vivek sounds like a guy who's literally just throwing everything he can at the wall and seeing what can stick. Um, But he's also targeting high schoolers with his proposals because he tweeted this. Every high school student should be required to pass the same 128 question civics test required of legal immigrants to become citizens. The fact that this is controversial in America is a damning indictment of our republic's health. See test questions below and try it yourself. Now, I think that we should make the uh, citizenship test easier. I don't think that we should be making it harder and then enforcing it on everybody else. But it's this is unsurprising as a suggestion coming from the guy who recently said this about education.
2: Abolish the Department of Education, not because I am anti-education, but because I am pro-education and the federal government is actually delivering poorer results for our kids. So I would take that money and distribute it to states to fund underfunded school choice programs. But in order to receive that, those states have to abolish teachers unions, full stop. If you're a public school teacher and you are unionizing, think about who you're unionizing against. You're unionizing against the public, the kids you're supposed to represent. That's backwards, we're gonna fix it. And that allows those public schools to actually compete against those private schools and charter schools (laughs) that aren't encumbered by those same teachers unions as handcuffs.
0: Incidentally, teachers unions actually protect the students as well as the teachers because they prevent the the teachers from being forced to work in unfair working conditions, which also you know, disadvantages the students when there's 60 kids in a classroom. You have a teachers union that's gonna prevent that from happening. Of course, the students sitting in a classroom of 60 versus 20 kids is gonna get a lot worse of an education. But a write up from Prem Thakur of the New Republic captures how idiotic Vivek sounds in these arguments. So let's take a look at some of this. Surveys in the past have shown that most people would likely fail a basic multiple choice citizenship test. One survey found 36% of respondents actually uh, passing such a test. And given republicans all out assault on public school education. It's unclear what their plan would be to up those numbers. Yet instead of making the citizenship process easier to navigate. Rama instead wants to make it harder for anyone to be a citizen. More than that in presidential candidates formulation lays out tiers of citizenship. A matrix in which until one passes a test, they would be a second class citizen. And then the Thakur closes with this point, While well, this country already treats scores of people, immigrants, LGBTQ people, laborers, the homeless, and young people as such. Ram Ramaswamy thinks that unfair treatment should be legally bound. And I mean, Mayor, the perfect way to put it, he literally wants people to be second-class citizens.
1: Man said, I don't think people born here, even if they're sixth generation, should be American, what? house way, Like what? What, <laughs> what? What are you looking for? What's? What's? What's your? What is? What? What is going on? Other than you're trying to shock the, you're trying to shock the conscience, and this is what Donald Trump created. Donald Trump didn't create crazy. Donald Trump didn't create the racism that you know the racism in this country. Donald Trump didn't create the racism in the Republican party but he did create this level of stupid being normalized. Why is this guy on anybody? Who why would Abby spend time talking to Vivek at all? He's pointless.
0: Right. This man will never will never come even close to <laughs> being the president of the United States. And thank God for that. Although the rest of the candidates in the Republican field also equally terrible and horrifying. But Mayor, thank you so much for joining me today to break down the news and discuss all of these ridiculous and some of them heart wrenching stories. Um, everyone, make sure to check out his videos on Rebel HQ as, long, as well as my videos. That is all the time we have for today's show, but stick around because the watch list is up next after this.
2: Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and the Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star
1: rating.